Hello, I'm Cheryl, and this is Sleep Tight Relax, a calming bedtime podcast for the young and young at heart. It's time to get cozy in bed and listen to tonight's story. Our sleep story is about Scrooge when he wakes up after his visits from the three spirits. When he wakes up, he is so happy and can't believe his luck that it is Christmas Day and he has a chance to fix some wrongs. He laughs and does things that surprise everyone. But before we continue with our story, let's take a moment to relax. We can practice our deep breathing anytime or anywhere. But before bed, let's first turn down the lights, get comfortable, and make sure that everything feels as it should. Now close your eyes if you'd like, and we'll begin with a few slow, deep belly breaths. Each time you breathe in, breathe all the way down into your belly. When you breathe in, be sure to slowly breathe through your nose. And when you breathe out, try to push all the air out of your lungs. Breathe in. And breathe out. Notice how you feel when you take these deep breaths. How you get more and more relaxed with each breath. How the weight of your body sinks into the bed. Breathe in. And breathe out. Throughout this time of relaxation and our story, thoughts of the day or the day to come may enter your mind. That's okay and normal. When they come, just try to return your attention to your breathing, to the story and music. Breathe in. and breathe out. Perfect. Let's continue with the end of it, the final part of the Christmas Carol. Yes, and the bedpost was his own. The bed was his own. The room was his own. Best and happiest of all, the time before him was his own to make amends in. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, 
Scrooge repeated as he scrambled out of bed. The spirits of all three will strive within me. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and the Christmas time be praised for this. I say it on my knees, old Jacob, on my knees. He was so flustered and glowing with his good intentions that his broken voice would scarcely answer to his call. He had been crying in his conflict with the spirit, and his face was wet with tears. They are not torn down, cried Scrooge, folding one of his bed curtains in his arms. They are not torn down, rings and all. They are here. I am here. The shadows of the things that would have been are gone. They will be gone. I know they will be. His hands were busy with his clothes all this time, turning them inside out, putting them on upside down, tearing them, mislaying them, making them parties to every kind of extravagance. I don't know what to do, cried Scrooge, laughing and crying in the same breath, and making a perfect sight of himself with his stockings. I am as light as a feather. I am happy as an angel. I am merry and giddy as a schoolboy. A merry Christmas to everybody. A happy new year to all the world. Hello there, hello, hoo-hoo, hello. He had frisked into the sitting room and was now standing there perfectly winded. There's the saucepan that the gruel was in, cried Scrooge, starting off again and going round the fireplace. There's the door by which the ghost of Jacob Marley entered. There's the corner where the ghost of Christmas present sat. There's the window where I saw the wandering spirits. It's all right. It's all true. It all happened. Ha, 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 ha. Really, for a man who had been out of practice for so many years, it was a splendid laugh a most illustrious laugh. The father of a long, long line of brilliant laughs. I don't know what day of the month it is, said Scrooge. I don't know how long I have been among the spirits. I don't know anything. I'm quite a baby. Never mind, I don't care. I would rather be a baby. Hello, woohoo, hello there. He was checked in his delights by the churches ringing out the strongest peals he had ever heard. Clash, clash, hammer, ding, dong, bell. Bell, dong, ding, hammer, clang, clash. Oh, glorious, glorious. Running to the window, he opened it and put out his head. No fog, 
no mist. Clear, bright, jovial, stirring cold. Cold, piping for the blood to dance to. Golden sunlight, heavenly sky, sweet, fresh air. Merry bells. Oh, glorious, glorious. What's the date today? cried Scrooge, calling downward to a boy in fancy clothes, who perhaps had come in to look around. Huh? returned the boy with all his might of wonder. What is the date today, my fine fellow? said Scrooge. Today, replied the boy, why, it's Christmas Day. It's Christmas Day, said Scrooge to himself. I haven't missed it. The spirits have done it all in one night. Oh, they can do anything they like. Of course they can. Of course they can. Hello, my fine fellow. Hello, returned the boy. Do you know the butchers in the next street? The one at the corner, Scrooge inquired. I should hope I do, replied the lad. An intelligent boy, said Scrooge, a remarkable boy. Do you know whether they sold the prize turkey that was hanging up there? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. What? The one as big as me? returned the boy. Oh, what a delightful boy, said Scrooge. It's a pleasure to talk to him. Yes, my son, that one. It's hanging there now, replied the boy. It is, said Scrooge. Go quick and buy it. Are you kidding? exclaimed the boy. No, no, said Scrooge. I am not. Go and buy it and tell them to bring it here. Then I can give them the directions to where to take it to. Come back with the man and I'll give you a coin. Come back with him in less than five minutes and I will give you a bill. The boy was off so fast. I will send it to Bob Cratchit's, said Scrooge, rubbing his hands and splitting with a laugh. He won't know who sent it. It's twice the size of Tiny Tim. The hand in which he wrote the address was not a steady one, but write it he did somehow and went downstairs to open the door, ready for the coming of the butcher man. As he stood there waiting for his arrival, the knocker caught his eye. I shall love it as long as I live, cried Scrooge, patting it with his hand. I scarcely ever looked at it before. What an honest expression it has in its face. It's a wonderful knocker. Oh, here's the turkey. Hello, how are you? Merry Christmas. It was a huge turkey. He never could have stood upon his legs that turkey. He would have snapped him clear off in a minute. Why, it's impossible to carry that to Camden Town, said Scrooge. You'll need to have a ride. 
the chuckle with which he said this, and the chuckle with which he paid for the turkey, and the chuckle with which he paid for the cab, and the chuckle with which he rewarded the boy, were only to be exceeded by the chuckle with which he sat down breathless in his chair again. And there he chuckled till he cried. Shaving was not an easy task, for his hand continued to shake very much, and shaving requires attention, even when you don't dance while you are at it. But if he had cut the end of his nose, he would have put a Band-Aid over it and been quite satisfied. He dressed himself all in his best and at last got out into the streets. The people were by this time pouring out as he had seen them with the ghost of Christmas present. And walking with his hands behind him, Scrooge regarded everyone with a delighted smile. He looked so irresistibly pleasant in a word that three or four good-humored fellows said, Good morning, sir. A Merry Christmas to you. And Scrooge said often afterwards that, of all the blithe sounds he had ever heard, those were the blithest in his ears. He had not gone far when, coming on towards him, he saw the gentleman who had walked into his counting house the day before and said, Scrooge and Marley's, I believe. It sent a pain across his heart to think how this old gentleman would look upon him when they met. But he knew what path lay straight before him, and he took it. My dear sir, said Scrooge, quickening his pace, and taking the old gentleman by both his hands. How do you do? I hope you were successful yesterday. It was very kind of you. A Merry Christmas to you, sir. Mr. Scrooge? Yes, said Scrooge. That is my name, and I'm afraid it may not be a pleasant one to you. Allow me to ask your pardon, and... Will you have the goodness? And here Scrooge whispered in his ear. Lord, bless me, cried the gentleman, as if his breath were taken away. My dear Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, said Scrooge, and not a penny less. A great many back payments are included in it, I assure you. Will you do me that favor? My dear sir, said the other, shaking hands with him. Uh, uh, I don't know what to say to such Jenner. Don't say anything, please, interrupted Scrooge. Come and see me. Will you come and see me? I will, cried the old gentleman, and it was clear he meant to do it. Thank you, said Scrooge. I am much obliged to you. I thank you fifty times. Bless you. He went farther into town and walked about the streets and watched the people hurrying here and there 
and patted the children on the head and asked people questions and looked down into the kitchens of houses and up to the windows and found that everything could give him pleasure. He had never dreamed that any walk, that anything, could give him so much happiness. In the afternoon, he turned his steps toward his nephew's house. He passed the door a dozen times before he had the courage to go up and knock. But he made a dash and did it. Is the house owner at home, my dear? said Scrooge to the serving girl. Yes, sir. Where is he then? said Scrooge. He's in the dining room, sir, along with his wife. I will show you upstairs if you'd like. Thank you. He knows me, said Scrooge, with his hand already on the dining room door. I'll go in here, my dear. He turned the knob gently and stuck his head in around the door. They were looking at the table, which was spread out in great array. For these young housekeepers are always nervous on such points and like to see that everything is right. Fred, said Scrooge. Dear heart alive, how his niece by marriage startled. Scrooge had forgotten for the moment about her sitting in the corner with the footstool, or he wouldn't have done it on any account. Why, bless my soul, cried Fred, who is that? It's I, your Uncle Scrooge. I have come to dinner. Will you let me in, Fred? Let him in? It's a mercy he didn't shake his arm off. He felt at home in five minutes. Nothing could be heartier. His niece looked just the same. So did Topper when he came. So did the other sister when she came. So did everyone when they came. Wonderful party. Wonderful games. Wonderful harmony. Wonderful happiness. But he was at the office early the next morning. Oh, he was there early. If he could only be there first and catch Bob Cratchit coming late. That was the thing he had set his heart upon. And he did it. Yes, he did. The clock struck nine. No Bob. Quarter past. No, Bob. He was a full 18 minutes and a half late. Scrooge sat with his office door wide open so that he might see him when he came into the office. His hat was off before he opened the door, his jacket too. He was on his stool in a jiffy, driving away with his pen, as if he were trying to overtake nine o'clock. Hello, growled Scrooge in his normal gruff voice, or as near as he could make it sound. 
What do you mean by coming here at this time of day? I am very sorry, sir, said Bob. I am awfully late. You are, repeated Scrooge. Yes, I think you are. Step this way, please. It's only once a year, sir, pleaded Bob, appearing from this desk. It will not be repeated. I was celebrating yesterday with my family, and we were all very merry yesterday, sir. Now, I'll tell you what, my friend, said Scrooge. I am not going to stand this sort of thing any longer. And therefore, he continued, leaping from his stool and giving Bob such a push in the waistcoat that he staggered back into the outer office again. And therefore, I am about to raise your salary. Bob trembled and he got a little closer. He had a momentary idea of knocking Scrooge down, holding him and calling to the people in the court for help and a waistcoat. A Merry Christmas, Bob, said Scrooge, with an earnestness that could not be mistaken as he clapped him on the back. A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow, than I have given you for many a year. I will raise your salary and try to help your struggling family, and we will discuss your plans this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of hot soup, Bob. Make up the fires and buy another bucket of coal before you dot another eye, Bob Cratchit. And that's the end of our story. Good night. <laughs>